Adrian Lawrence. Today's guest is a former Big Lyle litigator turned VP and consultant for JBC who is passionate about reaching professionals through informative, thought-provoking conversation to teach workplace diversity, equity, and inclusion. She'll share insights about her work and her superpower. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe. Welcome to the Superpowers for Good show, where we empower you. Adrian, thank you so much for joining me for this conversation. It's just a thrill to see you again. Thank you so much for having me. It is great to see you as well. Yeah, you know, you and I had an extraordinary opportunity to be a part of that little uh, delegation that was invited to Israel. And uh, it has just been a joy for me uh, to connect with the people in that group and to reconnect uh, with the podcast to talk because every single person on that trip was just a remarkable human being. So thank you for coming back. Thank you. I I just, the memories that we made and just the experience we had, uh, it was really profound. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it truly was. And, you know, I, I loved, uh, you know, our hosts from the foreign ministry were gracious and generous and we saw amazing things. But what they had really done in my mind that was uh, remarkable was to build a really thoughtful cohort of of impact creators. Right. And so, yeah, it was great. Well, listen, um tell me a little bit or tell the audience, if you will, about uh, your work and your career and your book? Well, as far as the work that I do, I am a vice president at Jennifer Brown Consulting, and we largely work to help workplaces become more inclusive and also to help individuals who are thought leaders to also become more inclusive in the work that they do. Because the reality is, is that historically, it was always the thought that in workplaces, you can't talk or you shouldn't talk about race, religion, politics, things that people consider divisive. But the reality now, given social media and where we are in today's day and age, is the fact that people are bringing their whole selves to work. They are talking about these topics and issues. And the thing is, is it can be divisive. But we can't necessarily ask people to clock off from their identities when they show up. So to be able to navigate those conversations while people are authentic and true to them. And that's what we focus on, giving people the tools to be able to handle that. And as I specialize in keeping people from trending on Twitter because they stepped in it, uh, avoiding those landmines, because the reality is, is when we're dealing with human nature, people, it's ever evolving. It's always changing. And so not all of us are all, you know, up to speed on what the newest iteration of what our, you know, our humanity has decided to move toward. And as a result of that, you can end up insulting people. So how to navigate those relationships, repair them, and continue to achieve optimal performance is what we guide organizations in doing. Yeah. There are so many opportunities to step in it, and I think even well-intentioned people do from time to time. What are some of the tips that you offer your clients to help them avoid stepping in it uh-huh. and trending on social media? Uh, yes, I've I've had the good fortune to work with a range of clients from uh leaders of different scientists at NASA to also corporate heads at Fortune 10 companies. And the thing is that I tell them all is to be humble and recognizing that, hey, I'm not going to have all the answers and I am going to step in it. That also too, and focusing on it's not about me. 
that, you know, there may have been things that occurred historically that our parents' generation, grandparents, or even hundreds of years before had created that situation and the legacy lives on today. And I'm not responsible for that, but I am responsible for this relationship. And so remembering that, knowing that you're not going to get everything right, you're not going to have all the answers, you're not going to see the landmines, but that's okay because if you do and when you will step in it, there is an opportunity there to mend that relationship, to grow and to exercise greater self-awareness. But at the really, at the end of the day, it all starts and ends with a sense of humility and recognizing, again, you're not going to have all the answers. You're not going to uh, you know, get everything right every time, but it's okay. Give yourself grace. You're growing. Yeah, that that is uh, really, I think, great advice. Uh, there is a parallel effort, uh, parallel work to be done. And I think you do some of this uh, and it, it closely relates to DEI, but some people would define it as a separate area, this sort of anti-racism mm -hmm. work. And uh, you do some work in that. How do you see those two uh, fields differing and how do you do anti-racism effectively? Well, um, when it comes to kind of where that overlap is, if we want to think of diversity, equity, and inclusion, DEI, as a larger umbrella, anti-racism would be, um, you know, underneath that umbrella. Because the thing is, is that uh, there are so many different forms of isms out there, whether it's sexism or, or obias, like homophobia, transphobia, and those are all under the umbrella of DEI, but also, which a lot of people uh, don't necessarily recognize, is that under DEI, is also sobriety status or religion. Also, um, it can be neurotype. It's all of the little things about each one of us that makes us unique. And so at Jennifer Brown Consulting, what we focus on is helping people understand that diversity comes in so many forms. It's not kind of this unfortunate um, mentality of the thought of, oh, we just need to hire a Black person. That's not it at all. We need to see the uniqueness in each and every one of us so that we are more aware, that we appreciate it. Uh, kind of the way I like to um, kind of pitch it is, you know, that very popular show that was The Walking Dead, where you had people living in this zombie-like post-apocalyptic world. If you notice with the main group, each one of them had a different skill set. You had Rick Grimes, who was the leader, and he had the gun, and, and he knew how to tackle certain issues. You had Michonne, who had her knife work, and so on and so forth. And that's what you want in your organization, because the reality is you're going to hit this unknown world. And to the extent you do know the world or you know your market, your market's going to be extremely diverse as well. So whether it's carceral status or, as I mentioned, sobriety status, neurotype, race, color, or even, um, you know, if it's nationality or heritage, these things are important to bear in mind, to respect and to value, because when we encounter that world that is completely diverse, just like each one of us, we're going to want to have the tools so that we can tackle it, we can serve it, and also hopefully we don't step on any landmines in our way there. Yeah, it's it's truly, uh, I think, you know, some profound stuff there. It is challenging, though. Uh, if you were to uh, think about, uh, you know, maybe one other fundamental, you gave us the the be humble. Is there one other fundamental principle that we could begin to apply to be more inclusive in our work? Let's see, um, being humble. And then I'd say, as they say in broadcast, um, being hungry. 
And when I say hungry, I mean hungry for more information, for knowledge. Uh, and I think that almost intersects with humility by virtue of the fact when people often think they have all the answers, when they think they know everything, that's when they're most likely to step in it. When they hear, oh, you're Jewish. I figure based on everything I know that you must be X, Y, and Z, as opposed to letting that person define themselves for themselves. And yeah. so if we enter a situation with more curiosity, that doesn't include any kind of loaded questions that may show bias, but that give the individual an opportunity, as I say again at Jennifer Brown Consulting, letting people define themselves for themselves, we definitely avoid more landmines, we create more opportunities to connect, and we're more willing to grow. So I guess those are two things I would give to you, being humble and being hungry. Yeah, great, great point. Um, I wonder if you'd be willing to share a little bit of your experience at ESPN and tell us yeah. a little about your book, Staying in the Game. Absolutely. Um, so when I uh, left big law, because I used to practice law uh, at some major companies, I went straight to an anchor desk at ESPN. And that very much seemed like a blessing uh, going from Los Angeles, uh, however, to more rural parts of Connecticut was an experience. Um, and I had a lot of high hopes thinking, you know, ESPN being the leader in the worldwide sports, that that would be um, a very upstanding organization. And unfortunately, when I got there, I learned a hell of a lot. Uh, in terms of uh, the things that they allowed to go on. And uh, unfortunately, the thing is about ESPN is it's no different than a lot of organizations out there. The fact is that workplace sexual harassment, it's just another form of bullying. And it's bullying because of gender, gender identity, or this thought of what should be femininity, what should be masculinity. And the thing is, is that it's also extremely costly to business. And so as I encountered those things and ultimately ended up standing up, becoming the first on-air personality to sue them for workplace sexual harassment, retaliation, discrimination, I really learned in the wake of that, that so much of this is completely and totally preventable. It's also, as I mentioned, extremely expensive for businesses and companies. And so what I did is I wrote the book, Staying in the Game, the playbook for beating workplace sexual harassment, which was published by Penguin in 2020. And the book is a first of its kind guide, largely for employees to help people understand and navigate this form of bullying. Because it it's a matter of what I would have wanted when I entered that kind of space. Because the thing is, is being a lawyer wasn't enough. The fact is that we have plenty of laws on the books, yet we still have plenty of ills that go on in society. It's a matter of how do I navigate this? How do I preserve my career? How do I maybe work through the mental health aspect of it all? Because the thing is, is that most people aren't prepared for it. A lot of times, because our society doesn't have meaningful conversations about these things. But again, workplace sexual harassment, it's everywhere, it's endemic, and it's very much a part of individuals' work lives. And that form of bullying, if we have a better understanding of how to navigate it, how to preserve our career, we can um, hopefully preserve our economic independence and continue to be valuable contributing members of society. Yeah, well, I, I am so grateful that you took that experience, which was so negative, and turned it into such a positive for yourself, for your career, and for the world, right? That yeah. people are able to draw on your experience now to do better. Yeah, so it's um, it's nice knowing that I could help. And also when I received messages from people saying how my book helped them navigate, 
certain situations or even just some of my clients. I've had their general counsel come and tell me, you know, thank you. I read your book, you know, the sections of it. I've had a lot of lawyers come to me and say, this is a godsend. Um, and especially because I write it in such a way that anybody can understand it. That's what's important. And the thing is, most people think workplace sexual harassment is something that just impacts women when in reality, it actually impacts men the most. It's just that men aren't as vulnerable as women professionally. Um, but the thing is, is a lot of men also need to be prepared because if you're an upstanding man, or if you are just more of a quote unquote new age man, and you want to go on paternity leave to play a role in your child's development, you can face workplace bullying because of that. And that's sexual harassment, believe it or not. Uh, the term is very much a misnomer that people don't understand where they assume it's just some kind of, you know, someone making an advance at you. That is not the case. Again, it's very much about stereotyping genders and trying to put people in a box. And so if there are upstanding men out there, they're going to want to be prepared as well, because again, economic independence, you want to be able to retire on time to support your family. And so knowing how to navigate that, um, whether it's understanding, hey, maybe this workplace won't be good for me. Um, I will say quickly that one of my, my favorite chapters is definitely identifying the kind of archetype of person um, that you want to be mindful of and how to navigate them. But also, the, the recon like Ronin chapter, where I talk about red light, green light, yellow light in terms of looking at an organization, whether you're going to join them, things that you can see uh, from the outside to tell you whether this place is going to be a sexual harassment hotbed. Is it going to be problematic? And the thing is, is had I known those, those things that have been established by scientists, sociologists, uh, then I never would have gone to ESPN. I would have totally moved forward in a different direction in my career. And so to be able to give people those tools so that they don't end up in a bad situation at a company that is toxic and needs to change, that's incredibly, incredibly important for people's career path. Yeah, so true, so true. Well, you are... Uh an amazingly impressive human being. Oh, um, you. you just exude excellence. Oh, thanks. What is, that. what is your superpower? Um, it's so funny with this question, superpower. Um, and I say it's funny because I am on the autism spectrum. And something about that is very much noted as a thought that we as individuals have superpowers. Uh, I believe that was uh, kind of the setup behind Marvel comics in terms of X-Men, uh, that they are really there kind of representing individuals who are autistic and are different superpowers, which is really cool that Stanley did that and kind of this, um, you know, demarcation behind it. And the thought about superpowers, it's like, I feel like I have so many in terms of things that I do different because of uh, my difference in communication and processing and my neurotype um, in the literal sense about my superpowers, uh, whether it's photographic memory, um, you know, abilities to hyper-focus, also seeing the world differently, being able to break something down and dissect it in a way uh, such that I can help organizations, I can help my clients um, serve and meet their needs well into the future in ways that other organizations or other consultants haven't been able to do so. Uh, that's really cool. But I would think in terms of um, personality-wise, um, also, one of my superpowers is being able to have difficult conversations with people, being able to talk about issues and and appreciate people's uh, discomfort 
and help them see them from a different vantage point so I can reach them. Because unfortunately, our society has set up a lot of issues in a taboo arena that people automatically feel uncomfortable. And being able to disarm them and to connect with them such that they are ready to grow and that they feel that they can confront and tackle these issues that come across their plate is so, it's just, it's really rewarding. So I would say that that's my superpower. Yeah, for real. Yeah, as you think about that, and that is an amazing superpower, being able to talk to people and, and have these difficult conversations. That is something that the rest of us could learn to do better. Maybe we'll never be Adrian Lawrence, but we can do it better. How would you guide us, coach us, direct us to to do better at having those difficult conversations? Gosh, um, I I would actually say it's not about you. Yeah, when we take ourselves out of the equation, when we stop centering, oh my goodness, what are they going to think of me or all these other things that are self-focused and center around you? Or how is this person going to respond when you recognize that their response has very little to do with you and you decenter yourself? That puts you in a more powerful position to focus on the goal. What is my focus here? What is the goal? And when you recognize that and you look at different dynamics and ways in which you can reach your goal and be effective, that's how you can do your best work. Because I just find that a lot of people, um, whether it's people being non-responsive and thinking they can just avoid an issue entirely or uh, feeling the discomfort of, I don't know what to say, so I'm going to lie. All of these things are so incredibly self-focused. And when you take yourself out of the equation and just focus on what's the goal and you're able to get there and it's a lot easier, a whole lot easier. Yeah. Great, great point. Now I have a a terrible guilty pleasure, Uh, but my my wife and I having moved from Salt Lake City to Jacksonville recently, we, we, we miss home just a little bit. And so we have taken up watching the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. <laughs> that is indeed a guilty pleasure. A guilty I'll allow pleasure. You to have it. Yes. But but what comes to mind is the whole thing is about having conflict, right? So the, yes. the, the women on the show are constantly in conflict. It's all about that. And I'm thinking you have probably navigated some situations where you have seen either in fact that kind that level of dramatic tension right when people are literally yelling at each other maybe even throwing things um, or at least you've seen the potential for that and you've guided through to a uh, a better place let's yes just, better place can you think of an example that you could share with us Well, um, I can't break privilege confidentiality, but I can kind of uh, give you some insight in that, you know, at Jennifer Broad Consulting, one of the things I do is executive coaching and mediation, because sometimes you might have people who are great at what they do, but when they come together, they clash, which is often the case when you have type A personalities, people who are go-getters. And so being able to kind of help ameliorate the situation, help people see each other's triggers uh, is incredibly important and powerful. And it's something that a lot of individuals don't consider because the fact is that we'll go to counseling for our marriage, for family, 
but there is also counseling for companies, for people who are corporate heads and having a better understanding. Because again, at the end of the day, we are just people and we're trying to work together to do our best to work toward a common goal. Sometimes our interpersonal conflicts that we have can get in the way of that. But let's figure out how to break down these barriers. Uh, fortunately, we don't have a lot of the uh, uh, elements of the Real Housewives cattiness or producers setting it up or getting people liquored up. Um, but still, again, having the tools to navigate, to break down the walls, to get people to communicate on that same level, that's something that, again, it really helps advance organizations. It can make people sleep a lot better at night. And it can just help us all get to where we want to be, which is generally optimal performance. Yeah, yeah. Well, Adrian, thank you for sharing such powerful insights with us today. We're so grateful for all that you've taught us. Before we wrap up, would you take a minute and just tell people how they can learn more uh, about Jennifer Lawrence and how they can find your book and how they can connect with you on social media, et cetera, et cetera? Yes. So um, you can find Jennifer Brown Consulting at jenniferbrownconsulting.com. Uh, also, you can find my book anywhere books are sold. That's Staying in the Game, the playbook for beating workplace sexual harassment. I believe right now it is on sale on Amazon. Uh, but again, you can pick it up everywhere. Uh, it was released by Penguin in 2020. Also, you can find me uh, across social media platforms under Adrian Lawrence or some variation of my name, whether it's Adrian Law on Twitter, even though I don't know how long Twitter will be around for a while. But I am available everywhere and definitely always glad to connect. Yeah, fantastic. Well, Adrian, again, thank you very much for joining us today. I, I want to wish you every success. The work you're doing is so important. And, and I would argue, despite the fact that some people will say we're we're better off today than we've been in terms of race relations and diversity than ever before. I think the conflicts are higher today than, than ever before, too. So uh, the work you're doing is incredibly important. We want to see you succeed. Thank you for all you're doing. Thank you for having me. All righty. Now, let's do some good. Thank you for tuning in to the Superpowers for Good show. Twice each week, we host changemakers who share their impact, insights, and superpowers don't miss another episode. Subscribe today at superpowersforgood.com. That's superpowers, number four, good.com. Be super empowered. Get your copy of the book, Superpowers for Good, as an ebook, audiobook, paperback, or hardcover edition via your favorite online retailer. Interested in having me speak to your company, organization, or association? Visit devonthorpe.com. Then let's talk. Now, keep using your superpowers for good. Together, we can reverse climate change, improve global health, and eradicate poverty.